listening to Battle Red Radio. I'm Matt Weston, and I want to die. And tonight, I'm joined by <laughs> the biggest, the fattest, <laughs> the drunkest on the mall, our good pal BFT. How are you doing tonight, man? I'm going to go to the local hospital and lick every toilet and handrail there is. Ugh. Did you see that that video? That was gross. Which one? The one of the woman licking yeah, the toilet? Yeah, it was like the hot blonde woman licking the toilet. There was nothing good about that. There, nothing. I, I just, I, I have no words sometimes. Yeah, I don't know. I don't I, believe it's real though. Oh, it's all a big hoax. I mean, that's what that's what we've been told. It was all a big hoax. Yeah. Well, so today was the first day of the tampering period. So teams have today and tomorrow to negotiate with players, and then Wednesday these contracts become official. And like this morning, you know, like I'm probably like you, where we, I guess, like everybody or the majority of America. Well, actually, that's not even true. A very small part of America, but the people who use the internet consistently, they get their news by going on Twitter and scrolling around for a little bit and seeing what's happening. And right now, my news feed is a news, it's a news for your timeline. I can't remember what it's called. Uh, it's like really mentally ill and schizophrenic because it's either the world's ending, stay inside, hide away, the COVID's coming, and then it's NFL news. And so it's just like this like mash of these two things that don't go together at all whatsoever. And so this morning it was... The Texans are, you know, calling about Duke John David Johnson. I'm gonna say that wrong at least 25 times today. At least, at least. So they're calling about David Johnson. I'm like, well, <laughs> it'd be really stupid to give up anything for Johnson. Like, if the Cardinals want to trade you a pick for it, even then, I wouldn't even do that contract. I wouldn't even want an asset with it. I'd just wait for him to get released if he won that badly. And you have to be insane. I use the word mentally ill if you were gonna give up any asset for David Johnson. And then it turned into then the Peter King email or report came out this morning that the Texans were the teams thought DeAndre Hopkins could be available and that's come out last year I think came out the year before that as well and everybody was very like you know sure that well this is just the same thing that happens every year it's in the same old leak and then the worlds collided where you have David Johnson trade to Houston which is stupid to begin with and then it turns into. DeAndre Hopkins, a fourth-round swap with the Arizona Cardinals in 2021 for David Johnson, a second-round pick, which is the 40th overall selection, is enough to trade a top-three wide receiver entering, you know, he's, he's in his prime right now at age 28 on a contract that has $0 with bonus money attached to it for a running back who's had one great season in 2016, who has been injured consistently the last three years, who had a broken tackle rate of 10.8% last year, who's the third best running back in Arizona, um, all for, you know, this guy who, you know, we very, you know, love playing. So uh, what did you think whenever you first saw the news? I thought it was a joke. I thought it was some, you know, fake thing that wasn't be quickly redacted at first, you know? <coughs> what I thought was funny was, is I was actually considering 
and I had planned on, I think even wrote you an email that at the two o'clock slot that we needed some, some material to fill that I was going to write that DeAndre Hopkins is not a Bob kind of guy. And it really, the, the thing that I kind of took it with is because he, he carries a purse, right? He carries a man purse. And that's not what a football player is, according to Bill O'Brien. You know, Bill O'Brien, everybody's got to, you know, practice 48 hours a day and, and always has to be this tough, manly yeah. man. And you, you can't be a guy like DeAndre Hopkins and have style and be a football player. That's just really antithetical to what Bill O'Brien sees as a football player. We saw that with Clowney. And now we, and we saw that with Hopkins. And so I was not necessarily shocked that Hopkins was traded. What shocked me was that we didn't even get a bag of magic beans for Hopkins. We got like used toilet paper for him in this deal. And that's, what's the most frustrating thing of all. I mean, no, no, that's not trading. Deandre Hopkins was the most stupid thing I've ever seen a team do in my life. This is the worst trade in my 50 years stalking this planet that I've ever seen a team make. (laughs) It is dumb. Financially, it was stupid. Talent-wise, it was stupid. This is why coaches should not be GMs, Matt. Or even like, if your coach is a GM, at least make sure he's a good general manager and a good head coach. Like, have something that warrants having the role that he has. Um, So Hopkins, in his career, he has 8,602 receiving yards. He's been named to the Pro Bowl uh, four times in his career, an All-Pro team the last three years of his career. Um, He has... 457 first downs, 54 touchdowns. He averages 13.6 yards of reception. He had like a like really like an all-time great classic receiving season in 2018 where he started every game. He had a catch rate of 70.6%. He caught uh, 11 touchdowns, 1,572 yards, and he averaged 9.6 yards a target. And there's like, I don't know, like I'm just, regardless of even what they got for Hopkins, I'm just like struggling to get past just trading Hopkins. Like there's like with the contract they had available, with the way everything was set up, I just there's no like really need at all for it. Um, Hopkins is made 28 this year. He's due 12.5 million dollars. Next year he's due 13.5 million dollars. The year after that he's due 13.95 million dollars. They pay the entire bonus. This isn't like a really good con. It's like they had to get out of this contract. This is a great contract. Um, Hopkins is probably even like cost effective right now at this point, considering how much he plays, how he drives the offense too. And there's like, you don't need to make this trade to re-sign Tunsil and Watson. You don't need to make this trade to get better because you're a worse team off whenever you trade them, unless you're getting like some you know, exorbitant haul. And so like, I just came and get, regardless of what Houston even got here, and it's an awful, you know, terrible uh, haul they got here. I'm just having a really tough time, like even getting to the point where you trade DeAndre Hopkins regardless of, you know, what he puts in that purse of his. Right, because look at our receiving core now. Look at who our top three starters are. Will Fuller, you can't count on him. Kenny Stills and uh, Kiki Cutie, the guy who lives in the doghouse. Those are our top three wide receivers right now. Mm -hmm. Sure, we can take that second-round pick and go get a rookie. In the second round, who, who they're never us, they're never a known thing. You never know what you're gonna get with the rookie. That's why oh you gotta trade God. your draft picks. You know. Oh my God, I, I can't. I don't have the words to describe how really immensely stupid this trade was. And you went, you enumerated the reasons why, like financially, it was stupid. 
okay, let's say Hopkins wants to restructure his contract. Why don't we just take the money we just gave to Eric freaking Murray and give that to Hopkins instead? But no, we go sign Eric freaking Murray. Nothing about this trade makes sense. And here's one more thing. And I'm going to, this is one I'm going to pound on. David Johnson does not fit the scheme at all. We already have Duke Johnson. We don't need David Johnson. We had Carlos Hyde, who fit the scheme, and I would have been fine signing him to like two years and eight million, you know, two years, four million for eight million overall. We don't even do that. Bill O'Brien is seriously a moron. Yeah, I miss Carlos Hyde right now. <laughs> like that's how already. Um, yeah, and and so like Hopkins is a top three wide receiver. One of the things like Pierre King wrote about his article is that Hopkins is somehow less explosive, which he isn't. Um, all that happened last year with Hopkins was that Bill O'Brien is a ball control coward and didn't use him down the sideline as often, and he used him as a slot receiver to pick up first downs. Hopkins DVOA dropped from 22.6%, which was 10th, to 6.3%, which is 31st, from 2018-2019. His DYAR dropped from 455, which was 2nd, to 225, which was 16th, and he turned to a, a worse version of Michael Thomas last year with all the three-yard catches and the five-yard catches for first downs that you know people were enamored with as calling it like winning, playing winning football, but it limited the firepower of the offense in general. And so Hopkins isn't less explosive. He isn't a worse player in a year at all. He's not slowing down. He's not getting older. He's never he's missed one game in his entire career, and I think that was because they were at a playoff spot locked down. Um, and also I think Hopkins is a guy too – who's going to be able to be very good until like his early 30s at least because the way he plays the game. It's a lot of boxing out. It's a lot of releases off the line of scrimmage. It's a lot of physicality. It's a lot of really great hand usage. And you're not looking at guys like, oh yeah, this is a speed guy who how much who knows how much time they have left and that sort of thing. And also like the contract extension thing doesn't make any sense at all because he has three years left on his deal. He can't go anywhere. He's not going anywhere. He's not going to stop playing at all at this point because he has... You know, three years without any bonus money tied to it at all. Uh, you know, if you have two years left, if you have a year left, I think you can do something with that. I mean, that's what happened with Dwayne Brown. He had one year left. He had no guaranteed money on his contract. He wanted to go somewhere else to get paid um, some actual guaranteed money. But Hopkins is three years away from that, and he had zero leverage at all to do anything like that at all whatsoever. And then the other report was that there was friction between the two. I mean, there's friction between Bill O'Brien and every single person. And I'm really like the reason why the Texans traded him was because Bill O'Brien and Hopkins don't get along. Like they, Hopkins doesn't want to play for him. Bill O'Brien, you know, he doesn't fit the mold as being his sort of guy, whatever that means. And that's why this trade was made. This was like a personal trade. It wasn't a trade that made the team better at all whatsoever. It wasn't a trade made because Houston needed sal- shed salary cap space to be able to re-sign Hop- or to extend Hopkins and Tunsil or extend Watson and Tunsil to the future. This is a trade made because of like this personal thing where oh he's not a player that fits my culture my leadership and I don't like that he doesn't practice enough like you mentioned you know he has a purse that he puts uh, I don't know his his nice shoes in or something his hair product and his, in his and little his dog, dog his little his cute little, little dog, dog. yeah because <laughs> I I really honestly think you know when it comes to when it when it when it comes to how Bill O'Brien is in and and we now have proof. I mean, Clowney didn't fit that, Hawkins didn't fit that. Bill O'Brien is really infatuated with what a football player is supposed to be. It's supposed to be he grew up with probably with guys like, you know, Dick Butkus and and you know, those super tough guys like that. 
um, you know, this is 2020. You know, if the guy is gay, but he's a good football player, keep him. You don't trade him because he's gay, just because he doesn't fit your, your and I'm not saying Hopkins is, but just because he doesn't fit your preconception of how a football player should be does not mean you trade him. And, and so now what we've seen is, go ahead, Matt. Yeah, and even like Hopkins is one of the toughest players in the league. Like he broke yeah. his ribs at the, in the first half against Kansas City, came back down 28-24 in the third quarter, and you know they got their teeth kicked out of their skull because you know the offensive play calling was bad and the offense wasn't ready to you know put up points downfield and all and that sort of thing, and uh, and so like he's he's so incredibly tough and you know and everything else that he went through. So it's not like it doesn't make any sense that they don't get along, or like it doesn't make any sense. It makes sense that they don't get along. But it doesn't make any sense if he's looked at as like not being a, his football player, being a tough football player, being enough of a football player, you know? Yeah, and and, and uh, as far as being, oh my God, I what I get upset about just now, um, or being tough enough, you know, uh, having you know broken ribs hurts when you're getting hit in your ribs section when you're catching passes. It, it does hurt mm-hmm. to to say that to say that. Hopkins isn't a football player is trash. And I just, wow. Yeah. I mean, this whole thing is just so bizarre. And even like thinking about this trend thing a lot about his last press conference at the combine was in the podium and just like how he casually introduces introduces Tim Kelly as the play caller where it's like, like he's, I don't know who he had. It just seemed for sure like some he had that reporter ask him specifically about Tim Kelly, so then he can casually announce, "Oh, he's calling plays now." And then whenever it comes to Chris Olson's name get brought up, he goes, "Oh, I had nothing at all to do with him firing him." You're the general manager; you run the entire operation; you do everything there. It's all on you completely. And so it's just, I don't. It's just amazing, like the control and everything he has here whatsoever, or how much control he has in this operation with having really like the results of being a mediocre team despite the challenge he has. And so like the second thing about this trade, like even if you are going to trade DeAndre Hopkins, like this is an awful haul for it. So Larry Tunsil, <laughs> they trade two first round picks and a second round pick. And there's other stuff involved in these trades too, but uh, we only get marred down the super specifics. Frank Clark was traded for a first round pick, a third round pick and a 2020 second round pick. D four was traded for a 2020 second round pick. Odell Beckham was traded for 17th overall in the first round, 95 overall, which is that third-round pick, and that former first-round safety in Jabril Peppers. Um, Jarvis Landry was traded for a fourth-round pick and a third-round pick, or a seventh-round pick, and then Clowney was traded for your spare change because of how they messed up that entire situation. But like at a minimum here, at least a first-round pick has to be required. You should at least get two first-round picks. You shouldn't be taking on a salary as egregious as David Johnson's. And like, it's also where was the bidding to drive up here? Did Bill Brown just really want David Johnson and toss Hopkins into it, into this? Like, I have no idea. Like where is the team like Indianapolis, for example, in this trade, I know you don't want to trim the same division, but there's plenty of teams with resources out there. Like where's Miami in this trade? Miami has your, you can get your first round picks back in this situation and a trade like this as well too. And so it's it's unbelievable just what they got for this, for Hopkins, for him being the prime of his career, being a top three wide receiver, the contract that he has, where it's a, it's such an easy contract to trade, and it's a great contract that he's on right now too. And to get this out of it is like even dumber. It's, the, it's not as dumb as trading Hopkins, but it just adds the stupidity of it. 
Uh, there's so much to, to go over here. That we didn't get a number one. It, uh, even if you if that second's a number one, still not good enough. Still not even remotely good enough because David Johnson's just a salary dump. I mean, guys, th- there are 50 players in today's NFL who can do what David Johnson does. And we traded for him like he's one of the top five guys. So, like, even that part alone is – we can throw it out. 2016 was four years ago. Four years ago. And what has he done since – what has he done in his career? He's a four yards per carry kind of guy. Well, he was really good that one year. But at 4.2 <laughs> yards per carry. He wasn't all that good rushing the ball. Yeah, he was yeah. really good catching the ball. Yeah. So he's never been good at rushing the ball. He's like over the past two years, he's three point seven yards per carry over the over the past two years. He's Alfred Blue, who can catch the ball. Now he, and he's coming back from a knee injury. He is not a good football player at this stage of his career. And believe me, I drafted him in the first round of the last two fantasy drafts. I know better than anybody because that's what matters, right? Yeah. And anyway, I, I think yeah. I have that year in fantasy too, and it's like. <laughs> If he scored a touchdown, he was okay that day because everything else he did wasn't right. doing it. Uh, but yeah, so right. in 2017, he broke his wrist in the first week of the year, missed the entire season. In 2018, he dealt with a quad injury. In 2019, last year, he dealt with a variety of back and ankle injuries. And so if you look at his carries from you know week seven on, you have game logs of one carry, five carries, four carries, three carries, three carries, two carries. And this was right around the time whenever they traded for Kenyon Drake and replaced him because he was averaging two yards a carry and 3.3 yards a carry and 2.83 yards a carry and these sorts of things. And so, I mean, like, Johnson is hurt. He's redundant to Duke Johnson. He's much better as a pass catcher than he is as a running back. He broke 14 tackles in 2019 at broken tackle rate 10.5%. So he wasn't even breaking tackles at a very good rate at all last year. Also, he was the third best running back in Arizona last year. Edmonds was better than he was. Kenyon Drake was better than he was. Like, Houston should at least got in Kenyon Drake out of this trade. They should at least got Edmonds out of this trade. And instead, they get an expensive running back who plays a fungible position that's are easier to, easy to find guys like him. Like they already have Duke Johnson. They already have him. In addition to that, you get a guy playing a fungible position. You have to pay $11 million in 2020. Whenever that $11 million could have gone to Jabal Sheard, or to a Chris Harris contract, or to Carl Joseph, or to any variety of players that could improve the pass defense this year, which is coming off a season where they were 26 in defensive DVA. And so far to improve this pass defense, they've kept the same players and signed Eric Murray, like you mentioned earlier. It's ridiculous on every level. David Johnson is not going to make this team better. But the one thing I want to go back, I'm going to, I'm going to, this is the horse, another horse I'm going to keep hitting. Will Fuller, Kenny Stills, Kiki Cutie. Yes, we're probably going to draft a wide receiver. DeAndre Carter, don't forget about him. Oh, I, I, I can't believe they resigned him. I can't believe they resigned him after that. Like, you can't after he fumbled that ball. You can't keep him around. But he, he shows up to practice every day. What more do you want from a football player, Matt? Do you want talent or do you want a guy who shows up? I hate it so much. I almost said something. Like Carter was like, he he tweeted the emoji, like the sh- finger. And I almost sent him the, the drop fumble thing because I, I <laughs> like I thought I liked Carter in 2018 whenever he came out of nowhere, just called a bunch of easy drag routes, you know. And he's a fine kick returner. But after that drop kick last year, like I can't watch him ever again. 
Now that's that was Jacoby Jones type stuff right there. It was worse. It was worse. Oh no, because we could have beaten the Ravens. I don't think we so. were never going to beat the Chiefs. We could have beaten the Ravens. I, they had a better chance to beat the Chiefs than they did beat the Ravens. No, no, no. But Deshaun Watson we can... and this offense compared to TJ Yates against them. Even though yeah, Arian Foster was so damn good that game. Yep. If you want something to cheer you up after this trade, go back and watch that <laughs> game and just watch Arian Foster. It's unbelievable how great he was that game. Yep. So anyway, this is this has got to be again in my lifetime. This is one of the worst trades I've ever seen. This is unspeakably unspeakably bad. It just shows that Bill O'Brien is so in far and over his head, and you can, you cannot cannot la- allow the coach to make the calls when it comes to the personnel on the roster. It is just this is mind boggling. Yeah, and I I cannot believe that there are actually people defending this on the block. I cannot. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't read the comments anymore. Uh, and, but unless I write something I really put a lot of time into, and then I'll I'll keep the positivity in with it. But whenever, so the other thing I want to mention about this trade too, and, I, and I'll go, we'll go into some of these David Johnson numbers as well. But this trade is also tied to the Larry Tunsil trade, because one of the things that happened with this trade was that Bill O'Brien looked at the numbers and said, "Okay, I'm going to pay Tunsil and Watson thirty five million dollars." I have no way of getting cheap draft capital, so I need draft picks because I can pay a first-round draft pick, you know, $12 million or I think it's $16 million over four seasons, and I have no way at all to do that. And I have to pay these elite players this much money so I can move on from Hopkins. I can get a second-round pick out of it. And then I, now I'm tra- you know, I'm exchanging. Like I pretty much have like a net surplus of like $11 million in salary by doing that. And the whole point of the Tensile trade was that the Tunsil trade was great in 2019 because it had no ramifications at all for the future. They gave up zero future assets at all for that trade. They only gave up they 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 gave up I mean they gave up zero present assets for that trade. They only gave up future assets. And now it's 2020. Now you don't have a first round draft pick. Now you're gonna have to pay Tunsil. Next year you don't have a first round pick and a second round pick. And so now here you are making trades like trading a top three wide receiver, future Hall of Famer, for absolutely nothing, just so you could shed a little bit of salary in 2021 and pick up a second round pick out of it because you trade for Laramie Tunsil and you didn't even do anything interesting Laramie Tunsil at all to begin with too. So yeah, he beat a bunch of edge rushers. Like he locked down Justin Houston twice last year and that's what you traded two first round picks and a second round pick for. Because you thought Matt Khalil <laughs> was going to be the, the star left tackle. And it also can go all the way back to the Dwayne Brown trade. You go back to 2017 whenever they made that decision because Brown wanted guaranteed money and Bill O'Brien didn't want to you know, move on from that. However, he worked with Rick Smith at that time. It's just amazing. Is that when it was taken completely in a vacuum, everybody was so excited about the Tunsil trade. But this is the sort of after effects it's having now. And this is one thing that you saw. You saw that this is going to have long-term ramifications that are going to be a, you know, hurt us against the cap and hurt us against the salary. It's two years late, almost two years later. I, no, it's a year later. And I still don't know how I feel about the Tunsil trade. But here's where we are. We're trading Hopkins to clear out space. But here's the problem. We just gave Eric Mur- Murray a bunch of money. Angela Blackson, Brandon Dunn. Um, well, and they could cut Blackson today. They should have. They should yeah, have they cut should. Clemente today. They didn't. The Dunn, tri- the Dunn signing was unbelievably dumb. The Fell signing was dumb. 
What was kind of funny too I, were the arguments that, well, continuity is important. You got to keep your own guys. Oh, okay, so continuity is important. So let's trade the best, the second best. Maybe I think Hopkins is probably better than Johnson. You know, he's at, but it's also in a different era and that sort of thing. Right. Uh, right. But yeah, you're trading like the one, like the point nine 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 seven best uh, wide receiver franchise history for for nothing. You know, for nothing at all whatsoever. And Whitney Merciless. Yeah, that Whitney, that merciless contract is going to kill us. Yeah, and I'm gonna write about that probably next week, maybe this week. I don't know. Probably next week. I'm all fire. I'm all riled up right now. Oh yeah, I can see your heart. I can see your heart like pounding. Well, I posted that Whitney Merciless video yesterday because I was like, well, whenever they don't sign one of these top pass rushers, this is what we're gonna point to as the reason why. And like, if you look at it, like you mentioned, when you look at sacks, one was a real pass rush move. It was against Will Richardson Jr., who they moved to guard immediately after Cam Robinson came back because he can't play that position. Um, so you want to hear some sad D- David Johnson stats? Oh, gosh, and I'm ready to add on to that. Go for it. So in 2016, he had 293 carries, 1,239 rushing yards, 16 touchdowns, 4.2 yards an attempt. Uh, in the three years since then, he's combined for 363 carries, 1,308 yards, 9 touchdowns. So he's had... He had, again, he had 16 touchdowns rushing in 2016. He's had nine since that season. He's averaged 3.6 yards an attempt uh, since that point. As a receiver, that year he had 80 catches on 120 targets, 11 yards of reception, four touchdowns, 42 first downs. Um, since then, he's had 92 catches on 132 targets, 883 yards, and then 6.68 yards in a, a catch. So, like, he's much better as a receiver than a runner. He's had one really great rushing year, and that's because he had 16 touchdowns. And, again, touchdowns are like sacks. They tend to fluctuate year to year. Um, they're they're the end result of good performance, but whenever you have something like this, like Darren Fels is going to have four touchdowns next year, and everybody's going to be confused because he had seven the year before. And then also, as a receiver, his, his receiving DVOA, 27.7%, negative 33%. <laughs> Negative seventeen point one percent and then thirty percent last year, and then DYAR and this is since two thousand seventeen, uh, two seventy four negative nine negative thirteen and then one hundred sixteen. Or I mean, this is since two thousand sixteen. So his one really great receiving year came that year in two thousand sixteen. He has been bad to okay as a receiver last year in this big widespread offense. And the other thing about that too, it's like last season that offense. That's the offense that we want the Texans to run, like vertical spread. Right, right. The Texans have never run that offense at all whatsoever. And so now you're going to have David Johnson turn to Carlos Hyde and all that receiving stuff we're talking about, that's him one versus one against a team's third-string linebacker that he's creating those moments in. How many opportunities is he going to get like that in Houston's offense? And it's probably like, I don't know, maybe two a game, hopefully, if that. Bill Bryan's awful at creating easy throws. Uh, for his receivers as, and like the only time he ever did really at all last year was Duke Johnson in the red zone they get to the 15 yard line they put him in the shotgun right shotgun left see a linebacker man coverage and they run an out route and they did that every single time they got that matchup in the red zone and nothing changed from the Kansas City game to the end of the year as well too for it so then teams just play nickel and play a cornerback out there and that route's going so when you compare their stats David Johnson is a middle incomes man Lamar Miller Lamar Miller is more explosive in every category. David Johnson catches more passes. I, I get that. But Lamar Miller has better rushing stats. 
what is Bill O'Brien going to do with David Johnson? He's going to run him in back of, of Martin and Fulton and Sharping all season again. I mean, that's what we're going to get. So we already, Lamar Miller is coming off an ACL. I get that. You probably don't want to resign him. Carlos Hyde can do that. But here's the funniest thing that I saw when I was doing the research on the post I wrote today. David Johnson's only eight months younger than Lamar Miller. Mm-hmm. Uh, David Johnson is playing this year at 28, as is Lamar Miller. I mean, these are not young dudes. They're done. Uh, I don't think Lamar Miller is necessarily done. I think David Johnson's done. But these are guys who are on the back ends of their careers. He's not, Johnson's not going to give us anything. He's a one year stopgap. We are literally, we literally traded Hopkins for a one year guy before we give the next one-year guy a chance to play because continuity, right? Yeah. I mean, and they would have been better off trading Hopkins for one first-round pick or one second. They'd be better off trading him for one second-round pick rather than having $11 million tied to David Johnson for the 2020 season. And also, like, Jalen Ramsey netted two first-round picks, and like you're, which is kind of the best part about this trade, though. Is that Rams has to guard Hopkins twice a year all over again. Right. After right. thinking he escaped that that hell of like getting traded to Los Angeles too. But um, you look at it you look at what the Ravens did today with their trade, they they got the same value for Hayden Hurst that we got for oh, DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. <laughs> I was so mad when the Jaguars website posted that. It's like your my your face when you're worth just as much trade value as Hayden Hurst is. Unbelievable. Wow. Unbelievable. Wow. And then also the Clayus Campbell trade too, trading a fifth round pick for, you know, like a top run defender, a very good pass rusher on the interior, uh, somebody who's going to be incredible in Baltimore. And again, just takes a, f- a fifth round pick. And they got like Marcus Peters, like you mentioned, for a fifth round pick too, while Houston's trading a third round pick for Gary and Conley in about the exact same time. And then they trade for Conley the day after, but it's a move they should have been 100% in on. Yep. And, and then Eric, Mur- Eric Murray today. I mean, it's another. I don't care how Eric Murray is in the locker room. The guy can't cover people and you just paid him a ton of money to be a safety or cornerback or what I'm seeing is a hybrid linebacker. Mm-hmm. Why? You're not paying him to do that. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, so an over under a four, how many yards per attempt did Duke Johnson have last year? Oh, uh, Duke Johnson last year. I mean, was, I mean David Johnson. David, David Johnson. I did it again. That's Stop two. That's it. two. It's it's three. Last year was three point six. Three seven. Three seven. Three seven. In the same it was offense. Three six the year before. Yeah, in yeah. the same offense behind the exact same offensive line. Kenyon Drake five point two yards an attempt. Chase Trey Edmonds, Edmonds five point one yards an attempt. Oh my god. He and was a beast. Drake had those like you know big rushes. He had that one for eighty yards. He had another one. I think. Yeah, I think he had two other rushes that were sixty plus yards. Uh, Edmonds had a long of 37. So, like, I mean, as we know as Carlos High fans, how yards per attempt isn't the best measure because you can get one yard, one yard, one yard, and then you break one long carry and it skews the whole thing up. Um, if we look at yards per touch, Johnson led the team with 10.3. Kenny Drake had 6.1. Edmonds had 8.8. But this is because as far as a pass catcher goes, uh, Duke Johnson averaged like 10.6 yards a catch as a pass catcher last year, which greatly outdid you know, Drake and Edmonds. And so, again, like he's better as a slot receiver in a spread passing attack than he is as a running back. And what the Texans love to do, they love to play two tight end sets. They love to play, you know, sometimes they'll go shotgun with one, or they'll play 11 personnel with three wide receivers. You're very rarely going to see 
David Johnson in those sort of situations that allow him to have you know, some like a, a 30% DVOA. And even then, if that's what you're looking to do, use Duke Johnson to do that. He's just as good as it. I mean, you, you know, maybe Duke Johnson isn't as good. Maybe he's 90% of it. You know, if, like, if we're being like conservative here and we're trying to say nice things. Maybe Duke Johnson's he, better. Maybe he's 90% of it. If even that, it's not worth paying him $11 million a year for as well, too. And so, like, every aspect of this trade is just an absolute disaster. It's traumatic. It's a traumatic experience. It's terrible. It's stupid. It's awful. Uh, I can't personally think of another trade that's as dumb as this or as bad as this for, like, any sport at all whatsoever. So I know we're not really in the... the uh the question session of this podcast, but uh, our friend Greg in Australia wrote me an email and says, please tell me the talk of trading for Hopkins for a running back is a prank. And all I can say is it's not a prank and said, send all your COVID tests to us, please. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Greg. Yeah. <laughs> I hope Greg's doing well. I hope he's doing fine. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Unbelievable. Um, and, the other thing about this trade too, so like, so this is the third best pass, ca- the third, like the third best running back in Arizona. He's 28. You're paying him $11 million a year. Last year, dealt back in ankle injuries. Um, he's not an inside runner. Like, I'm upset Houston didn't give Carlos Hyde. I'm, I'm upset they didn't give Carlos Hyde $6 million to play from this year. Cause maybe, it would have been better. Maybe that could prevent, yeah, it would have been. Maybe that could prevent what we're in right now. Um, and the biggest thing here, too, it's that it does improve the pass defense. And so if you're going to trade Hopkins, and that's what you absolutely have to do, at least get somebody who's going to improve the pass defense, whether it's a cornerback or a third safety or, you know, heaven forbid, a pass rusher, uh, somebody who can rush the pass from the interior. It's going to be the, like the fourth year we've talked about Houston being interior pass rusher. Like, at least do that. At least do something like that to solve this issue. And it doesn't all whatsoever. Um, I, I mean, it's unbelievable. It really is. I have no words. I, I don't. So to improve the pass defense, Houston resigned Bradley Roby. I like the Roby contract. I thought it was a good contract considering what you did. Like Roby's fine. Cornerbacks are expensive. I don't know. You know that he knows the defense. He knows kind of the scheme and everything. Um, it would have been a difficult situation. I mean. Like if you don't re-sign Roby, you're probably looking at a scheme change to improve. And then you re-sign Merciless, you re-sign Dunn, you saw Blackson around, you made the Eric Murray deal like you mentioned as well too just a second ago. And so this is the big problem on this team going to next season where they spent all last season ignoring the pass defense to improve the offensive line. They put all their resources into that. And this year they have to improve the pass defense. They were 32nd in yards per attempt allowing short passes. They're 26 in pass defense DVOA. Their entire pass rush fell apart once J.J. Watt went down with a torn pectoral. Um, and the ramifications from that led to D.J. Reader not getting as many wide three technique, one versus one rushes, which removed the interior pass rush, which then made Winnie Merciless's uh, long, wide-looping exterior pass rush just kind of absolute, absolute. And then they didn't really have anything at all to do whatsoever when it came to rushing the passer. And then you have a bad pass rush and a bad secondary, and you have a bad pass defense. And so like that's where they're trying to improve on. And so far what they've done 
is at Eric Murray. Like that's been their big plan. Keep everything again and at Eric Murray. And that's been their plan to improve the pass defense. How sad were you when Eric Armstead got re-signed today? I mean, like I, I wasn't all that sad because I didn't think Houston was going to go after him at all. Right. But it was like he was the best option available to improve this pass defense right away. Um, yeah, it sucked. It hurt a little bit. It sucked. I I I don't know who else we're going to go after at this point. And Brad, the Bradley Roby signing is fine in the same way like this pair of underwear fits fine <laughs> right it's like it's not coming up my butt crack but it, it, bradley roby's a great cb3 but we can't do is 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 let him cover ones or twos and we have nobody who's gonna cover you know what is lonnie johnson gonna do what are who is gary conley gonna cover i i don't get once again, we should have been going after pass rushers. We should be getting after the quarterback. Look, if we would have like traded DeAndre Hopkins and we've taken that cap space money and signed Byron Jones, that's one thing. Yeah. Right. But we didn't do that. We 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 got a we traded for a fungible, and we're gonna hammer that term all next season. A fungible player in David Johnson. Anybody can do that. There are fifty running backs in the NFL who can do the exact same job that David Johnson can do. And so that's what we spent the money for. That's what we went out and got, but we didn't improve the defense. And that's a big freaking deal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you nailed it again right there. And like, I, I don't know. It's, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. It really is. Um, so the other moves thus far, I like, I oh, I put, like everything else. They're gonna bring back AJ McCarron, and why? Like of all the the, mo- like the, <laughs> the the least most you know Deshaun Watson kind of guy, we're gonna bring him back. So we got the the fast athletic guy who can throw on the run, and we got AJ McCarron who's like a statue. That's really who we're gonna have as our backup quarterback. Because again, I'm saying it, I'm gonna say it again, is that AJ McCarron is who Bob wants as a quarterback. Yeah. He does not want Deshaun Watson. He wants McCarron. No, he's definitely the the quarterback that we deserve to back up in Houston. Like you have to have some ties to the past, um, and what happened, and everything else before. Yeah, like the nineteen fifties, like Jim Crow type stuff. Yeah, yeah. I uh, <laughs> <laughs> man, I don't yes, know. I went there. I absolutely went there. <laughs> I, I mean, I just still can't. I still can't get over the trade though. Just in general, like it's it's unbelievable. It really is. It really is. Um, so. Our listener questions tonight. Let, we got some good ones. We got some really good ones. Yeah, we have we have some great ones tonight. I'm just and I have to scroll a while, you know. Let's see. Is that here. a personal thing? No, it's not. It's not. It's not. Uh <laughs> man, this is fun. This is fun. All right. So the first question is from Jessica, which is at JKM Miami or JK Miami A9. We should start Coven so we can curse Bill O'Brien. I think this is a great idea. I because like we'll it we'll never be able to have any access to make any influence at all to fixing these decisions, but like you can make a corn album cover voodoo doll. I got some I can buy some black lipstick. I can catch a bat in Austin, you know, tie it by a string. I can train some brain slugs and you know, put him on a pillow that gets shipped over to his house. I don't know. 
But that's, I think, the only way at all to escape this because the other part of this, too, it's that Cal McNair had to sign off on this contract, too, at the same time. Like, Bill O'Brien's not going anywhere unless something disastrous happens for, like, a 5-11 and 11 season. Even then, who knows what it would even take at that point as long as, like, you, you, uh, UT had mentioned, and, you know, I disagreed with, and now I'm starting to agree with that, that as long as the money's being printed, he doesn't really care at all. Cal McNair does not care. Yeah. And I, I don't have a bat hookup. I wish I did, but I think I could catch a bat. Yeah, I mean, as far as that question goes, I, I'm all for it. Look, I, 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 I don't have a non-politically correct way to say this, but I am, I'm pro Coven. We'll just put it that way. So do it, do it, do it, do it. Yeah, we had not. This isn't a question, but a lot of statements like this. This is from at Christian Row eighty five. I don't think I can be a Texans fan anymore after this, and. We'll get to that in in a second. In a second, <laughs> uh, man, what a the yeah, what an unbelievable thing. We had uh, at Turner Butts four asking if they if I had an email address to email a Texans organization because they had some he had a page of information he had sent to them for a therapeutic reason. Uh, at Eddie underscore Hassan was very upset. He loves DeAndre Hopkins and. And one of the thing, one of the things about this too that sucks, it's like the same thing about the clowning trade too, where you make a trade that's not only making the team worse, like unjustifiably the team is worse because of this trade, but it's also the football team is less fun to watch whenever you don't have Clowney doing things like blitzing up the middle, knocking out three guys and making a tackle for a loss. The football team's a lot less fun to watch whenever Hopkins isn't taking four stutter steps and punching a quarterback in the face and slanting and then catching a ball like right above his shoelaces for a first down. Like it's just like Sundays are just going to be, you know, a less enjoyable thing uh, next season and for the next three seasons without Hopkins here. I, I'm really looking forward to watching every game and fast forward. <laughs> well, you can watch the condensed game pass, you know? Yep. That's always a good way to do it. I may do the same thing. I may watch the other games live and then watch the Texans condense this time. Oh yeah. I'm just going to be on the, the, uh, uh, God. Oh, what's the one where they're the red zone. I'm just going to watch red zone because why watch the Texans? They're going to suck. They're going to suck inside and out. They're going to be five and 11 and Cal McNair is going to bring Bob back because Bob's going to give him something about, well, I'm building my team mm-hmm. in year eight I'm building my team. We're almost there. And Cal's going to go, Oh, look at all the fans up there. Great. And he's not going to care. Cal doesn't care. Yeah. I know. I really think that'd be the one thing that have to happen is people just stop going, you know? And it, it's going to happen in the NFL. You know, COVID's going to affect things. Things are going to get be a very different over the na- next nine months. But every team's going to have it. That's the problem. Every team's going to have it. So <clears throat> Cal's going to be able to tell himself, Oh, well, yeah, look, the Chargers got nobody in the stands. Dolphins got nobody in the stands. Everything's fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, there really is only like eight actual home field advantages in the NFL anymore. Because if the team's bad, you're better off just staying home, you know. Instead right. of paying $8 for parking and $125 a ticket and standing out there and everything else. Uh, the next question we had here was, was from at Vinny Vitti Beachy. I've Great never question. known what that means. Winnie, witty, witchy. These are W's in Latin. Uh, so it's basically, uh, it's, I don't know what the witchy means, but it's Winnie, witty is I came, I saw. I conquered. 
it, it, yeah, but it's I don't think that's what it, the last one means. Yeah, because I've heard this like on cartoons when I was a child. And yeah, I, like it was something you'd hear on Nickelodeon, but I have no idea what's ever meant. Um, but they ask which team is Bill O'Brien going to trade Deshaun Watson to? To the one that offers him up something that makes him feel safe. It, it, and so, so the first, my first reaction is not going to be, he's not going to trade Watson because I, I honestly at this point believe he would. Uh, I think that that nothing would would excite Bob more than signing Tom Brady to a huge contract and trading off Deshaun Watson for draft capital. Um, I, I think that anybody who comes along with the nicest package, I think Deshaun Watson's gone. I mean, if Deshaun Watson's gone. <sighs> That that would probably be what it would take me to lose interest in this team. I just I can't imagine Tom Brady throwing behind that offensive line to those wide receivers. Tom Brady was going to get would be murdered, and he'd have nobody to throw to next year. Yeah, I mean, I think his toughest problem would be like getting an offense together quick enough to be able to get the ball out fast and you know, do what he does. Uh, like if if Watson had to go somewhere. Like if I had to pick a place for Watson play quarterback at, I think I would say Miami. Personally. Miami, because yeah. they have all the that's, resources. That's... <laughs> you got Julian Davenport there. I can't believe they gave Eric Flowers you know ten million dollars to play guard for him. Uh, they have some interesting young players. Like I like Nick Needham a lot. They have Xavier Howard. They're gonna. They have like ninety ninety million dollars in cap space. They have the Texans draft picks. They have the Steelers first round pick this year. They have the most resources available. Brian Flores is a good head coach. They get, you know, you can hang out Ryan Fitzpatrick for you know a few weeks as well too. Uh, but I think that's that'd be the team I'd like to see him go to. And Miami could also just like give the draft picks back too, so Watson could play there. And I think Watson would look good in that teal as well. I mean, do you, what do you think that he's that Bob would ask for Watson? Do you think he'd ask for like a third or fourth round pick at this point? He doesn't care. <laughs> yeah, I, he wants to get rid of his kinds, not his kind of guys. That yeah, the two first round picks is pushing a lot. I think he would accept the the Fitzpatrick seventeenth overall pick or whatever it is they have for making or the yeah for making that pick last year. It's not Fitzpatrick; it's Kirkpatrick. Right. Right. Yeah. It's not like that. It wouldn't be much. It wouldn't be much. Uh, Bob does just does not, and I guarantee you, for anybody listening to this podcast. Deshaun Watson is not a Bill O'Brien kind of guy. No, he is right there. He isn't. And thank God for your Rick Smith. Oh yeah. Thank God for him training up to select him. We'd still be dealing with this, you know. Oh my goodness why, gracious. Why can't I what is his name? The guy that steal the safety for the Steelers, the Dolphins trade. Oh, Mika Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick, yes. It is Fitzpatrick. Yeah, okay. Oh, um, I I'm sorry, I messed that up. Yeah, yeah it's all good. So Next one's from at Uproot Texan ninety nine. If y'all became Seahawks fans, how would you feel about facing Nuck twice a year? I think I would enjoy it. I would. It'd be a nice little memory. You get to watch Russell Wilson, and you also just like it'd be fun to watch an organization that's run competently, that understands draft capital, that understands you don't need to invest a whole lot in offensive line when you have a magical quarterback that can break a lot of tackles, make plays outside the structure of the offense. Um, you know, they do dumb things like run the ball too much. Like they're a really big established the run team. And uh and the Marshawn Lynch signing was so absolutely stupid. Especially like giving him twelve carries in a playoff game. But um I I would be okay with it. I'd be hundred percent fine if I was a Seahawks fan. 
watching, having to watch, you know, Griffith care, uh, cover Hopkins twice a year. Um, Bills are trading a first round pick and a fifth round, a first, first round, fifth round, and sixth round, and a 2021 fourth round for Stefan Diggs. Oh, wow. I can't wait to watch Josh Allen overthrow him. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. I don't know. Stefan Diggs might be one of the few guys he can't overthrow. Maybe. I mean, but like, Allen can hit him with some nice slants and stuff and let him take off on, you know. But that's the, the big need the Bills have is the number right. one wide receiver. That's fun. Wow. I like that. But look, they got a first round for him. We couldn't get a first round for DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> and do you know who was DeAndre Hopkins? Stephon Diggs. Yeah. And my arms are pretty far apart, y'all. I didn't even think about that part of it until he mentioned it. I was automatically wow. in Buffalo Bills and was like, oh, as a Bills fan, yeah, I really like that. Yeah. That's good. I mean, they could draft it, you know, Mims are one of these like five or six receivers that are in the first round, but you want to have somebody who's good right away for Allen, you know. And CJ CJ Lamb's going to be a beast. I absolutely believe that he is. Wow. For Buffalo? No, just a first uh, round out of, out of Oklahoma. Oh, okay, CD Lamb. Okay, CD Lamb. I'm sorry. Yep. So the next question is from at Texans underscore thoughts. He's also known as Cardinals thoughts now. <laughs> How good will, will the Texans be with David Johnson as the new wide receiver number one? That's how it works, right? He's going to have more targets next year than, well, no, he's not because he's going to run the ball so often. I, I don't, I mean, it's, it's a great, from a sarcasm angle, it's a great question. But the fact is, is that Bill O'Brien has no idea how to use his running backs out of the backfield. He doesn't. I mean, he couldn't with Lamar Miller. He couldn't with Duke Johnson last year. Now we're looking at Fuller, Stills, and Cutie as our primary wide receivers. It's going to be David Johnson, 25 times a gap, a game. He doesn't know what to do with he doesn't know what to do with Johnson as a as a pass catcher. Well, it's also funny too because like if you now that you have David Johnson on your team, you have to get another running back. You know, like with him and Duke Johnson being so redundant, you have to get an, another guy. And so maybe they draft some in the fifth round or whatever too. Um, but who do you think has the most targets on the team next year? Because like you imagine, Will Fuller plays what eight games next season? Maybe. Holy crap! I didn't even think about I mean, that. I guess That's... it would be Kenny Stills, probably. I don't even think it'd be Stills. I think it'd be. I think it'd be one of the. I think it'd be Jordan Hankins. I know that doesn't make it. No, he doesn't no, nothing play, makes yeah. any sense. Nothing makes any sense. Yeah. Cause it's not going to be a running back. It's not going to be a tight end. It's not going to be a wide receiver. Yeah. And like you, and like the other thing I've listened to some dumb Colin coward argument was like, yeah, it's not a big deal. Teams have receivers, but teams, do, I mean like the only team last year to get by without having a really great receiver was San Francisco and they trade for Emmanuel Sanders and that's because you have an obscenely great play caller in Kyle Shanahan that routinely creates wide open throws using motions and um, their play action passing attack to to create like really easy decisions for Garoppolo. And even then, they lost the Super Bowl because Garoppolo couldn't throw against single high safety sets down the field at all. And part of that is also like it's a wide receiver issue uh, or wide receiver talent issue there too. But like Kansas City had great receivers last year. Um, New England, well, they, New England did. Look what happened to them last season. But San Francisco had Debo Samuel, and they had Kittle. Yeah. 
I mean, they're like they just didn't have like a, a true number one wide receiver. I guess is the idea. They're fine pass catchers. Like Kittle's incredible Kittle. after the catch, but that Super Bowl he had four targets, I think, that game. Right. You know they shut him down. Yeah, and so it's like, yeah, like I don't really. I think Travis Kelsey's more comparable to Hopkins than Kittle is, but you know the teams last year in the end of it, they had great wide receiver play. Yeah, I didn't understand. I didn't like it at all. But yeah, I don't know who they're who they're, who's gonna get all their targets next year. It's like, are, is everybody gonna have thirty targets then? Is that how they're gonna do it? Is that it's like well it's a game plan offense BFD, we forgot about that. It's gonna change week to week depending on who. <laughs> on it who doesn't change week to week. That's the problem is Bill O'Brien cannot do that. He is incapable of matching up well against his oppo- uh, his opposition. That's the worst part about all this. Oh my god, I never thought about that, and I'm just gonna crawl into a hole. It changes week to week, like once every eight weeks or so. Right. Like that game plan against Kansas City was legitimately great in week five. The line against Atlanta was really good too, but those are like the only two good examples of that, you know. So the next question is from at C Palmer one two four. Bleak's mixology. So BFD, do you have a good bleach cocktail for for uh Mr. Palmer? I just do everything straight these days. Why why cut corners? <laughs> Go straight to the bleach and you know, it just makes it all better. Uh personally I would say uh, bleach and kombucha, because I'm a bit bit of a health kick. <laughs> I'm a bit of a health kick. That's a fun thing to do this summer whenever we can all be friends and um, you know hang out with one another. Is just drink like six kombuchas and vodkas and be like, yeah, I'm just on a, a bit of a health kick lately. We drink a lot of kombucha in the BFD household. Yeah, I'm kind of a slut for it. I'm a slut for mm-hmm. good health, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. from at Texas, Tex underscore Dota. This isn't a question, but this is a, a good rant. I cannot believe the stupidity of this deal. Why? Why? This makes no sense. It is time to get rid of Bob. He can't play. He can't call plays. I don't see him doing anything spectacular with any quarterback. Bob needs to go. I've been saying that well for four years. Well put. Oh, almost four years now. Yep. Yeah. Um, next question is from at Christian row 85. How, and this is a very interesting question. How do you think this will impact how current players on the team and free agents view this organization? I mean, who is going to want to sign here considering how we've treated our players as of late? Dwayne Brown, Clowney, and now Hopkins. No, no loyalty, and we didn't even get a good value back. <laughs> I think that's why we paid Eric Murray so much money. I mean, nobody's going to want to sign with the Texans. So at this point in time, the Texans have a history of being racist because of McNair, stupid because of Bill O'Brien, and and just think about how Dwayne Brown was treated, how uh, Clowney was treated, how Hopkins was treated. We are going to have a really tough time bringing talent without overpaying for it. And I'm not being hyperbolic when I say it. Players don't want to play for teams like the Texans because they treat you like trash. And that's how we're treating our best athletes right now. Uh, we're going to have to overpay for everybody. Ian, it's a really bad situation. And here's the one that really worries me the most. I, I, I am only kind of being funny about trading Watson because I think it's possible. I think Bob would absolutely do it in a split second. But if you're just trying Watson and you see all these guys, you see that Hopkins got traded, you see that Klein got traded, why do you want to be a Texan? 
yeah. I'm going to go take the money and run. If you're if you're Tunsil, why do you want to be a Texan? If you see Clowney get traded and you see Brown get traded and you see uh, Hopkins get traded, look, I'm going to take the money and run because the Texans are not going to treat you well. And that's really important. I don't care what anybody says about the kids today who want money. They should. They should want the kids today should want all the money. But you have to treat your people well. And the Texans do not. Yeah. And I thought this is going to happen, you know, before, after the Dwayne Brown thing occurred and then after last offseason, the Clowney thing. And like, I don't know, it, it's, and also I thought you'd see like more players kind of speak out against, you know, the things that happened. And, you know, like Aaron Foster didn't have anything bad to say about Brian. Um, you know, Brown didn't have anything bad to say about Brian. I always kind of thought that was kind of bizarre that there wasn't like a lot of ex-players that all that kind of spoke out about him based off like his actions, how he's carried himself. Um, but the way the organization has treated players as a whole and everything else. And I've been kind of waiting for it to have some sort of ramifications in the off season. And I think this Murray thing is probably the first example of this to actually, the first time this has actually occurred. And I don't know if the Murray thing is an overpay because somebody like Carl Joseph is going to come here, or it's just a bad example of scouting because you have one guy who's a general manager who has to do 17 different things and doesn't even know who Eric Murray is, but has like his pro, you know, the Western squadron of pro scouting, of pro player uh, personnel, you're making a decision saying like, yeah, this guy's great, uh, but has no idea how the salary cap works all whatsoever. But I think this could be the first example of, you know, these ideas that we've thought actually coming to fruition when it comes to like the culture of the team and how other teams or how other players view coming to Houston actually playing here. I got to say that if I were a professional athlete, especially if I were African-American, I would absolutely not play for the Texans. I would do anything I could to get not play for this team. Mm -hmm. Well, and I was even really surprised by what Watson said after their playoff loss last year. But again, it's like, are you going to, you know, because like he can go anywhere and do anything. And like if he had actual issue at all with O'Brien and, but even then we talked about too, after the playoff loss, like how often have you ever like felt you know not liked a coach that you didn't play for, like really hated him, or whatever, or felt that he was dumb or did a bad job? Like he could be, and a lot of times they do. But whenever you're in it, you don't really view it that way, you know. Well, would you actually say it? Yeah. Well, I mean, like he can play anywhere. Like right. no, no, what? Like Watson doesn't really have to worry about not getting paid after his rookie contracts up. So you just don't say anything stupid. Yeah, is what you do. So you don't say, "Oh, Bill O'Brien is a is a freaking moron." You don't say that. You just say. Oh yeah, Bill O'Brien, great head coach. Well, he said, love, you're, he said you're, you're I love looking at your guy. watch when he say it." Yeah, yeah, but he said, "I love that guy." That was the only thing. I just thought that was kind of weird. Oh, I said that to my last boss at <laughs> my my last day job. Oh yeah, I love the guy. He's great. Yeah, because I wanted my job. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I have so much to learn. So the next question is from at Sammy Bissett, or Sammy Bissett. Here's a fun one. What's going on in Watson's mind right now? And is he actually happy he hasn't signed an extension yet? <laughs> I, I honestly think, and I'm going to cuss, so I want everybody who listens to the podcast out loud. And I don't think I've, I've cussed on this podcast out loud. And it's been a little while since we had an email. And that was, yeah, yeah, that's right. We should be more professional. Probably eight years. It hasn't been that long, but it's been, a, it's been probably been five close. years. Oh, no, five too years, long, so. too much time. If I'm Deshaun Watson, my feeling is I'm going out. I'm going, fuck you. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. 
I'm out. If I'm Deshaun Watson, I'm out. Seas. If that's the way you're going to treat my people, fuck you. Yeah, there is a video online. I don't know if this was from today or not, but it's like Watson at workout, check his phone. He has this like, like unbelievable look on his face. I think he's with his quarterback coach or whatever. So who knows? Who knows? But yeah, I, I agree with that as well too. Uh, I mean, what a bad situation for him to have to be in now. The next question is from at Huggy Bear. How many times should Brian be slapped in the wake of his most recent JFC take the mag controls away from Billy moment? I think a lot of slaps. A lot of slaps. It should have been taken away three years ago. Yeah. Yeah. My, I mean, like we talked about this before, but I would have fired him after the loss to Indianapolis. After that yep. playoff loss, like that's what you've come up with. You had two weeks to prepare. And you came up with seven points against a mediocre defense, and that was all you could do. I would I would have fired him halfway through the twenty eighteen season. He's a terrible head coach. I don't Once I don't know what. For. Yeah, I don't I don't know what else you need to say that Bill O'Brien is not good at his job. I mean, he wasn't a good head coach, and then he got promoted to GM, and look what he's doing as GM. I mean, oh my God, what else do you need to prove that? Bill O'Brien has no freaking idea what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Well, it's that. It's also, you can improve dramatically in one season in the NFL. Like, teams don't have to build for five years. It's not baseball. You can immediately make, have a good football team um, with how qu- the small sample size and the amount of free agency dollars available um, and, like, how, like, one really good draft class can change the organization completely, especially whenever you have a quarterback in line, too. So the last question is from at Malik Riles, 14. Is this officially the Who Dat blog or Big Trust blog? Because honestly, those are my two finalists for my new team. And so, if you were to abandon the Houston Texans as a football team, what team are you? Would you want to root for out of all of them out there? Nope. You nope. don't have one at I'm, all. Nope. I, I'm just I I I root for players, but I root for only one team. And that's the Texans. Gotcha. That's how it goes. Um. If I if I had to switch, if I was gonna switch, I think it has to be the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, Josh Allen. You got Stephon oh. Diggs now. You have a, a top eight pass defense. You also have a team that has never won anything except for four Super Bowl losses in a row. So you're not like hopping on a franchise at like the worst possible like you're not hopping on a team that's already like won a bunch of games or something. You know, it's not like picking Kansas City because like, oh yeah, they have Patrick Mahomes or picking Lamar, like there's some sadness and some uh, intrigue there. Also, I kind of like Cincinnati too, except their owner is such a you know cheap bastard. Yeah, and, hor- yeah, he's horrible. But like Cincinnati is one of the unluckiest teams last year, and they're gonna have Burrow and they have a bunch of cap space. And I really hope Corey Littleton or Kyle Van Noy goes there. But uh, that'd be another one that'd be kind of fun too. Um, there's some really intriguing teams. I get it, but I just I just am so hardwired, and it's depressing now. <laughs> And saying tying up is fun too. I could get so drunk at a at a Titans game in like week eleven. <laughs> Whenever their touchdown rate drops from eighty percent to thirty seven percent, I'm arguing with you know everybody else in in the stands. Uh, yeah, and and they're gonna be so unmet, and that's gonna be the fun oh, part. Man. Go, I would love to go to Logan's Roadhouse at a Titans game. Oh my god, that's a dream. That's Mecca for me. That's the whole land. <laughs> that's the land of milk and honey. Wow. Yeah. I I would be sacrificing my son in front of Logan's Roadhouse, and then <laughs> God comes down and tells me, you don't need to actually do that. I'm glad you have faith in me. It's like, okay. Now go get yourself some chicken tenders inside. 
I, I think Tim is actually committing Harikari as we like speak on Twitter. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think he may be he may uh he may be having the COVID quarantine, you know, the quarantini. <laughs> the COVID quarantini. Which for him I guess would just be like Irish whiskey and uh, Irish whiskey and Irish whiskey. And that's it. That's all you need. Yeah. That's all you uh, yep. So that's it for tonight. Yeah, anything else at all? Oh God, I'm done. That's it. All right. Well, we may come back on later this week and talk about the Texans because they still have a few more days to make some moves. Oh, the Bills got. Oh, never mind. I already said that. Well, Xavier Howard, I guess, is in the AFC East now. Oh, and I so is Byron that. Jones. Yeah, he got went to the Dolphins. Interesting. Oh, that's nice. Oh, okay. So you have Howard and Jones. That's fun. Miami's that's a fun nice. team. Yeah. And they're going to draft Tua. That's a fun team. Um, but yeah, maybe we come back on later this week, talk about whatever moves the Texans make. Maybe we'll wait till next week. We'll see. Um, but we have some words to write. We got work tomorrow. We got uh, some money to lose in the stock market tomorrow too. But <laughs> until next time, I'm Matt Weston. Thank you for listening to Bowery Radio. Thank you for being on tonight, BFD. And I think it's going to be okay, everyone. I think so. Probably not. Nope. So. Nope. Nope. <laughs>